Our scripture for this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. The best illustrations and parables are the ones that bring something in our everyday lives and give it, give that experience or that visual an added layer of significance that you can remember. In Scripture, we have a lot of parables, don't we? We have a lot of stories where an everyday item or an everyday thing is used to explore a deeper truth. And because we have read these stories and we have studied them and we have become infused with them, they have become a part of us. So if you go out there and you look at a sheep, immediately you think of the good shepherd. You can't avoid it if you're a Christian and you've heard that story so many times. You can't go down the aisle at the supermarket and look at Welsh's grape juice the same way because you think of communion. You can't look at a rainbow and just go pretty colors. You immediately think, of the covenant with God. 
And so there are so many things that we think about when we think about Scripture and all these illustrations. They are designed to bring a deeper meaning to something that we see every day, and they are meant to capture our attention in such a way that every time we see those objects or those things, they immediately trigger our memory to what the Scripture says. So it is simple to understand why Paul chooses the body as an illustration for the church. Can you avoid looking at a body? If you woke up this morning and looked in the mirror, you saw a body. If you looked at a loved one, you saw a body. If you came to church, you saw bodies. If you went to Sunday school, you saw bodies. Is there anyone you, anywhere you can go and not see a body? You're going to see a body somewhere. And so he picks this as an illustration for the church because he says, everybody's going to understand this one because everybody's got a body. You can't help it. You've got one. Whether you like it or not, you have a body. He says, I'm going to use this to illustrate the church. Every time I go to a doctor's office, there's always a poster of the vital organs on the wall. Have you ever seen that? I mean, you just, I think it's required in most doctor's offices to have that and some kind of skeleton somewhere. And, but you see that, and from a medical perspective, we know what it means. From a medical perspective, we know that it's there to show us our different systems and organs and skeleton and all of that good stuff. But from a Christian perspective, every time I look at those, I immediately get brought back to Scripture and the idea of parts of a body working together to help the body function. When we think about that, we think about how vital every part of the body is, how important it is, but also how incredibly wonderfully made we are. Have you ever thought about how many systems working together, the skeletal, the, the neurological, the digestive, all of these systems have to work together for your body to function. And we have a God who was able to put all of these things together to create us and to make us how we are. And so when we think about the church as the body of Christ, it serves as a great illustration for us because Paul says, you are all individually members of this body. But you're all supposed to work together for the benefit of that one body. Even though you are different, even though you have different functions, even though you have different gifts, we're all supposed to be together in the body of Christ working for the kingdom of God. And so we can find some similarities between the church and the body. The idea that the body needs maintenance. You can't just let your body be and hope for the best. You've got to do stuff to maintain your body. You've got to put food in it. You've got to exercise it. You've got to keep it in shape. There are so many things that go into your body being at its best. And sometimes we think about the church and we think, well, if I show up once in a while to church, it'll be enough. When the body of Christ requires a commitment from us 
to constantly be part of the body, to constantly do our part to lift up the name of Jesus, to constantly be giving of ourselves, of our time, of our effort, of our energy, of our resources to lift up the body of Christ. But sometimes what happens in the body is what Paul describes. We look at ourselves and we go, they don't really need me. They got all those other people. And the enemy starts whispering lies into our ears about, well, you know, you're not that great a Christian. You know, you really don't, shouldn't go. Or he reminds us of our failures and the things that we have done wrong. He says, you know, you better, might as well not go. And then we're reminded that every one of us is an important part of the body and God wants each and every one of us here every week. He wants us here every time the doors open. He wants us here every time there's a need to worship and glorify his name. He wants us to give him always our best. And therefore, Paul says, you belong in the body. You belong as part of the body of Christ. And we need you. And we need each other. I love the illustration. The foot needs the eye. The eye needs the ear. The ear needs the hand. And I often think how incredible we are in our creation that God knew that you needed your eyes in front so that you would not stumble and see where you were going. That he gave you two ears and one mouth so you would listen more and talk less. That he gave you two feet so that you could keep your balance instead of just one that he gave you two hands so you could grab stuff and do stuff. I mean, the creation of our bodies is something to behold. But sometimes we don't realize that just like the body is composed of all these members that need each other, the church is composed of all of us and we need each other. Each one of us has gifts and graces for ministry that others don't have. You have something you bring to this church that is important to God. And God wants to use for his glory and for his kingdom. And God is the one who arranges the members in the body of Christ. Now that's a key one because you know what happens often with us? Is we want to tell God what we want. Lord, I want to be up there singing with the band. Lord, I want to teach. Lord, I want to do this. When the question should be, Lord, where have you put me in the body of Christ? Where have you assigned me? Where do you have a need for my talents and my gifts and my graces that I need to go to? What is it, Lord, that you want me to do? Paul was explaining, it's God that arranges the body. It's not the body parts that go, you know what? I'm a foot, but I really want to be an eye. And then when you do that, you end up with one of those Picasso pieces. And there are so many churches where you see that where, where basically the body has become discombobulated because you have all these people trying to be where they're not supposed to be based on what God is assigning. And God wants to arrange the body as he needs so that we will be able to continue to thrive and to grow. 
In the body there are members that seem to be weaker, yet the scripture says they are indispensable. You can't do without. And when I think about a sports team illustration, because, you know, Super Bowl is coming, I got to throw one in there. You always have the players on the field, and then you have a bench, right? Somebody gets injured, you take them out, you put the, the bench player in to take their place. But in the body of Christ, we are all on the field at all times. There is no extra players. There is no bench warmers. Every single one of us is on active duty all the time. And what that means is that when somebody is down, the rest of us have to pick them up because we got to keep going. It means that when one of them is celebrating, everybody celebrates because we're all on the field at the same time. It means that every time the body moves, we got to move together. Now, I know I'm not the only one that has stepped on a Lego. And let me tell you, when you step on a Lego, even though you stepped on it with one foot, your whole body goes, ouch! You feel it go all the way up and all the way back down, don't you? And when you get a good massage, your body goes, ah! And it feels it all the way up and all the way down. And that is how it is with the body of Christ. When one of us suffers, all of us suffers. When one of us rejoices, all of us rejoice. We're all part of each other. There is a connectedness in the Spirit of God between each and every one of us here. And that connection is real. And we can feel for each other. We can share in each other's struggles and successes. When we put our children's art on the refrigerator or their grades up, we're celebrating with them what they accomplished. But it was they that did it, right? They're the ones that took the test. They're the ones that went to school. But we are what? Proud papas and mamas because, you know, the big A on the, on the refrigerator. And when I think about that, I think about the fact that when God looks at the body of Christ, when God looks at us as the church and he sees the things that we're able to do for his kingdom, he rejoices and he celebrates with us. And when he sees us stumble and fall, he's right there to pick us up. And he does it in such a way that we're all together in it. We're all in the same boat because we're all one body in Christ. Just to make sure that we got the message, Paul repeats himself in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul wants to make sure that you're not just saying, yeah, everybody else is part of the body of Christ, but I'm kind of not. I'm not as good as somebody else or I don't deserve it or I don't have a place. I'm here to tell you that those are lies of the enemy. I'm here to tell you that those are lies that the enemy wants to tell you because he doesn't want you to find your place because he knows if you find your place, you're going to experience God's blessing and God's direction and God's provision. And he doesn't want that because he knows in the connection with the body there's life. Jesus talked to us about the connection to the vine. 
And what he was saying was when we connect to each other, when we connect to each other as the body of Christ, my life flows through you. And I don't know about you, but I want that all the time. I want to experience always the life of God flowing through me. And that requires me to be connected to the body of Christ. When I think about the end of this scripture and all the different tasks and roles that are available in the church, and I think about the fact that, yeah, we've got all that. We've got prophets. We've got teachers. We've got people that have gifts of healing. We have people that are leaders and administrators. I begin to see how God has given the church all the gifts and the talents that it needs to be the body of Christ. I want you to know that we are empowered by God's Spirit with all the necessary gifts to be the body that He has called us to be. But God is still adding members to His body. And God is still calling new people to join in and to be a part of what He's doing. And it is our job to continue to make room for those people to help build the body of Christ. You're not all prophets. You're not all teachers. You all aren't able to do deeds of power, gifts of healing, or forms of assistance. You all might not be leaders or speaking tongues. But you have at least one gift, probably more, that God has given you to be part of the body of Christ and build up his kingdom. And the only question is, are you using that gift? And are you claiming your place in the body, the place that God has assigned for you? And before you get too comfortable in your place, God can move you to a new spot on the body and give you new gifts. So don't think that just because you have one gift, you cannot get another or get moved to a new position. Because sometimes God even uses our moves within the body of Christ to humble us and to use us in new ways that we never could imagine. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Go be the body. Go love. Go support. Go lift up those who are down and tell them there's a place for you. There's a place for you in the body of Christ. Jesus died on the cross so there would be room for you and for me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, O Lord, because you are reminding us that there are no extra parts, O Lord, that every single one of us is needed in your body, that each one of us has received gifts from your Holy Spirit to build up your kingdom, to live our lives for you. Help us, O oh Lord, on this day simply to listen to your call, to listen to your voice as you tell us where you want us to serve and what you want us to do. Help us, O oh Lord, simply to live those who are hurting and to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open if you want prayer this morning. And I want to remind you that
Anytime the altar is open, if you feel called to join the church, the altar is always open to join the church, to become a part of the body of Christ. If you feel God calling you to be a part of the church, come forward. We want to pray with you.